Hi, everyone. This is Aaron for Sola Network. And today we have Matthew Kim. Matthew, it's been a while since I've talked to you. Uh, can you reintroduce yourself to us? And then uh, we'll talk about your book, Preaching to a Divided Nation. Hi, Aaron and Sola Network. It's good to be with you again. Um, I've been recently uh, transplanted to Texas, and my family and I moved to Waco uh, in June of last year. So we're now at Truett Seminary and Baylor University, and I'm teaching pastoral leadership and ministry here. Yeah, I saw that move. So you really are covering the nation, I guess, when you say preaching to a divided nation. Um, <laughs> can you give us an introduction to this book? And maybe you can you can use this question to, to answer it. Are we really the United States? Mm. Wow. Well, I know that during President Barack Obama's presidency, one of the phrases that he repeated often was basically, you know, there's the red states and the blue states, but no, we're the United States. And that's the ideal. Uh, I think that was the original intention for there to be unity in this country. But as you know, there's just so many things that we can't seem to get a, get along about and, and agree on. And one of the things that we think uh, Paul Hoffman and I, who co-authored the book together, uh, we really want to see that we can be Christ-like and Christ-like toward each other, even when we disagree. And I think that's part of the problem is that uh, we're so quick to want to be right and say that we're right and not willing to hear from the other side. And that has perpetuated in our nation and probably pretty much the whole world. So uh, what we want to do is not try to get people to agree because that's not always the end goal. The end goal, as Jesus pointed out in his prayer in John 17, is that we would be one. And one does not mean uniformity, as uh, uh, Tony Evans said recently uh, on, a, on a tweet. Um, unity is not uniformity. It is simply that we can get along, that we can still fulfill the mission of God, uh, even though we have differences. Yeah. Um, your book goes into detail about how we can promote, I guess, unity in our congregations. But how would you answer people who say, hey, we just need to focus on the gospel, just preach the gospel? Um, what would you say your book has to say to that? Sure. I, I guess it really depends on what people mean by the gospel. And there is much division. And as you know, Aaron, in the last 10, 15 years, so many people have been writing about what is the gospel and articles, books have been coming out, podcasts about that. And really, if, if you're defining the gospel as the salvific work of Jesus Christ and his perfect sacrificial life that he lived his death, burial, resurrection, his ascension, and uh, eventual return, then I think we have a starting point to say that we are to preach the gospel. But even as we preach the facts of the gospel, we want to consider where people are. So when we say just preach the gospel, oftentimes we just mean don't consider race, don't consider politics, don't consider ethnicity, don't consider class or gender, just give them the gospel. And if that definition that I said earlier is your definition of the gospel, then of course we want to we want to preach that. But if it's really about I want you to conform and assimilate and be like me, um, and not really consider other people and and their uh, context, 
then I think that uh, it's difficult for me to say, just preach the gospel. We, we still contextualize the gospel in these different spheres of life for particular people. No, that's great. Um, can we go off script a little bit? Can I ask yeah, you, sure. you talked about like uh, like race, right? And so this is for Solo Network. How does preaching to maybe an Asian American context or uh, thinking about Asian American ethnicity play into that uh, thought process? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, that that brings us to a different book that we've talked about before with Daniel Wong <laughs> uh, on finding our voice um, for an Asian North American perspective. But I really think some of the issues that are predominating in, in uh, Asian American culture is simply a reflection of what's going on in the States. And, and essentially that we are to uh, think about, at least what I've been advocating for over 20 years, Aaron, is that Asian American preachers actually look at what it means to be bicultural or multicultural. And that's one of the absences and gaps that I've noticed in preaching in many circles is that we have been taught and trained in white institutions and we have not really talked about race and ethnicity and what it means to have uh, our Asian uh, and American ethnicity culture, all of that brought into the preaching moment for hermeneutics and preaching. So those are some things I've been thinking about for a long time. And uh, we've made a little bit of progress. I think we can do a lot better. Um, but we are part of a, a byproduct of the American culture. And, and as well as uh, whatever Asian ethnic background we come from, those two merge together and it, it becomes a complicated process. So uh, I don't think we're immune. Uh, we're actually involved and we're steeped in the same struggles that our white or African-American or uh, Latino-American uh, friends are struggling with, too. Uh, it's just we're all divided in, in different ways. Um, I appreciate that. I, I think that I, I know that you're very um, good at, at talking about those things and, and putting it up front that, hey, this is an issue that we need to talk about. And that that should play into, um, I guess, our hermeneutic. Um, in the book, you mentioned that we should see scripture through the lens of reconciliation. Is that is that correct? Is that is that what you said? Um, I want to I want to ask you why why reconciliation? OK, like how how do you see it being reconciliation? Like, what does that mean? to see the entire arc of scripture through that lens. And uh, how, how would you say maybe we should do that versus um, other other ways of, of seeing it? Maybe like how people would say, oh, look at it through the lens of a kingdom perspective instead. Sure. Well, uh, we know from Genesis, Genesis 1 and 2 that uh, pre-fall, uh, Adam and Eve were united with God. They were uh, not needing reconciliation because they were sinless at that point. Uh, there was perfect union. Uh, but then once we get to Genesis 3 in the fall, from that moment on, his, history uh, tells us, the scripture tells us that we're fallen and, and there was a complete separation uh, and that we can no longer enter the Garden of Eden uh, in, in its perfect state. So we're, we're corrupted. And because of that, God has been on a mission for all these years to reconcile people to himself, as well as having people reconcile to each other. And so reconciliation is a, a complicated process. It's actually very difficult. It requires two parties to be able to uh, acknowledge sin, to confess that sin, to pray mm -hmm. together, to uh, forgive each other. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not an easy process. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's what Jesus has done for us. And 
uh, we see passages like 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21, talking about the ministry of reconciliation. So um, God has always been on this mission since the fall to reconcile us to himself as well as to uh, each other. So um, there are, you know, you mentioned kingdom. Yes, uh, that's one of the lenses that we can think about and talk about. And it has been uh, addressed um, we we do mention kingdom a few different times in the book, but right. You're, right, you're right that um, the the overarching theme that we go for in the book is reconciliation. Yeah, um, I, I saw that um, it, it was mentioned early on. That's that's why I said uh, you, you said look at it through the lens of reconciliation early. Um, to go off script again, how how have you seen that maybe impact your own your own life? Uh, personally, or maybe your own preaching ministry, or maybe your own students or your own people, when you look at it through that lens specifically? Mm, yeah, good question. I, I would say that uh, some of the things that I've noticed in uh, culture of, of North American churches, uh, and also Asian American churches, is that we are good at theologizing at a high level, and, and talking about doctrine, and th- these are all important matters, of course. And, you know, there's uh, first-level doctrines that are, uh, you know, concerning the virgin birth of Jesus and uh, the Trinity and that Jesus was perfect and he was human and divine. We, you know, those are all important uh, aspects of uh, what we need to teach. Uh, but I would say at the same time that one of the things that we're uh, often struggling with to communicate to our churches and i think it's because we struggle with it as as preachers and pastors is that it's hard to reconcile with people and there are people that we don't like i just be honest uh, there are people who don't like us yeah and yeah. i still remember as a pastor sometimes you know you you do pr- pr- uh, i call them praying unholy prayers and what <laughs> what i mean by that is praying that people will you know find another church more attractive than our own <laughs> and that, that that god would maybe send them a different direction yeah. but um that's part of being human we're, we're not always going to love each other and like each other and so this theme of reconciliation needs to come up often because we're so divided and yeah. we're divided in our churches in our pastoral staffs uh, on our pastoral staffs and and, and uh, different leadership uh aspects so um yeah reconciliation i think uh is a theme that comes up pretty frequently in scripture and when it does, uh, I think it'd be uh, an opportune moment to to speak on those things. Yeah. Uh, okay. One more question until our last one. Um, so you mentioned uh, President Barack Obama's presidency, but um, how how do you see this book being relevant for the future? Let's just put it out there. Why why should sure. why does this book still matter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think uh, division is not going to slow down. It's it's accelerating. So when we're talking about uh, when Paul Hoffman and I talk about these different isms like classism, uh, uh, ethnocentrism, uh, gender, sexism, and and politics, Mm, those are mm. four of the uh, common areas where we're all struggling. Yeah, big issues. Yeah, there are different issues that keep coming up. So uh, this this was not a book for just 2008 or 12 or 16 or 20 or 24. Mm. Uh, And until Jesus comes back... (laughs) We're going to see these struggles. Yeah, so, um, so in that in that way, um, one thing I wanted to clarify, Aaron, is that we're not okay. asking for preachers to think about this and preach about this every week. That that would be okay. really okay. disastrous. 
Right that would on. be horrible. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> rather, what we're trying to encourage people to do is look at the passage that you're preaching on. And if one of the isms does come up, that would be a helpful time to address it rather than shy away from it. But we're not trying to create necessarily a sermon series on all these isms. We're not trying to preach about it every week because it is such a battle to even preach about one of them. Sure, and sure. Maybe, maybe once a year, twice a year, as you prayerfully consider your text and you talk to your leadership, you you pray about it, you have the entire church pray about it even. Right, right. And and from that, you're able to discern whether or not this would be a good thing to preach about. Yeah, absolutely. That That's a good point that you make. Um, you are very for, let the text dictate what's going to be said from the pulpit. Um, and we'll talk about that in our next conversation, probably. But uh, maybe one more question for this one. Um, <clears throat> can preaching really change people? Uh, this is this is really like the the heart of your book, right? Is that we're, we're preaching for change, right? And is preaching enough? Maybe that maybe that's the better question I should be asking. Is preaching enough to change and to heal a divided nation? Sure. Well, I don't I don't think it's it's enough by itself, and mm-hmm. neither does Paul, my co-author. We don't think uh, just preaching a grand slam sermon on politics is going to save the world <laughs> and save sure. all of us. Yeah, just uh, one sermon, from- right? No, that's not how it works. Uh, But we do think that it casts a vision as a leader to be able to say, we might be divided on these different topics or issues, but we're one church Mm. and we're one denomination and we're Mm. one, you know, et cetera. And then that that transformation that can happen uh, is really a result of leadership. It's good leadership and saying, here are the ways that we're doctrinally the same we're united in these different things. And we give the examples of, you know, the great commandment, great commission. Uh, these are the two great commandments in the great commission as, uh, and, and others that are the central backbone of the Christian faith. And from those, we're able to, uh, branch out into these different areas where we're going to be divided. And so preaching does not solve everything. It's, it's one aspect of leadership that helps us think about these things. And further, uh, you might you want you might want to talk about these things in a small group. You mm-hmm. might want to talk about these as you pray together. This this dictates how we um, love our neighbor as ourselves as we go to soup kitchens and help mm-hmm. other people. So there there's so many different aspects to this, and preaching is just one uh, one aspect. And it's really about being a good pastor. Uh, and and pastoring your people so that you can have uh, a more unified focus in your in your ministry. Wow. Thank you so much, Matthew. Um, your review or my review is on our website. I'll link to it. And uh, it's going to be a great resource for all of the um, pastors that we have at Sola and anybody who's interested in this. And I think this convo will further uh, help others as well. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, I, I love being on Sola and with you, Aaron, and I, I appreciate your ministry and what Sola is doing. Uh, on behalf of so many. So thank you for your time.